All right, welcome back to episode 003 of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Marketing Podcast Program. Excited to have you here. Today we're joined by Logan Maven. He's going to talk to us about Facebook advertising, lead nurturing, lead generation, basically everything you need to know to get your campaign running on Facebook and start making money. All right, let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you here and excited to have Logan Mayville joining us. He's got uh, seven years of experience in digital advertising, specifically Facebook. He's worked in agencies and he's worked in-house, B2B, retail, managed hundreds of campaigns in uh, a number of different industries. Logan, thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roy. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, so I got into digital marketing in about 2011, uh, working in-house at an agency. And this was kind of back when social media was a new thing for brands to be taken advantage of, right around when they went from profile to page in Facebook, if you can remember that far back. Right. Um, and so, yeah, what we were doing at that time was basically, you know, content or managing content for brands. Um, selling that as a service and then kind of it, it, Facebook and social media in general really evolved into more of a business tool as that was happening. Um, so then I started going down the rabbit hole of advertising and, um, like art, like direct response, ROI positive campaigns. And I've just watched Facebook ads grow, um, a lot in the, in the, in the years in terms of the sophistication of what they're able to deliver. And if you can't tell. I do have a little bit of a bias toward Facebook ads because it's sort of my day job. Right. Well, so one thing that I'm really excited to hear about is you told me about a specific campaign you'd run and it really, I think goes into every step of what people need to be thinking about when they're doing lead gen, uh, from, you know, generating the leads in the beginning to then nurturing the leads, closing the leads, uh, wh- why don't you give us a little bit of the of the backstory on on this particular campaign? Sure. So, like a lot of good stories, the, the backstory actually starts in a bar in Sacramento, <laughs> where I'm from. It's uh, an acquaintance of mine who had been uh, drop shipping infrared saunas for oh over a year, and he'd been having um, pretty good success. And he would, t- you know, he'd tell me about his business and he would tell me about, um, you know, his marketing channels. He's not a, a marketer by trade, but he's he's a pretty sharp guy. Well, so what is, what is an sorry. infrared <laughs> sauna? Oh, yeah. I'm, I guess I'll, I'll plug the company while I'm at it. So an infrared sauna is like a, uh, it's, you know, shaped like a normal sauna, but there's no steam. So what, what a steam sauna is doing is, um, you know, the rocks are doing heat and then you throw some water on the rocks and then that creates steam which heats the air and the air in turn heats your body. What an infrared sauna is doing is it's skipping the part where it heats the air and it just shoots infrared waves into your body. And so the reason people um, would use, like what people don't understand is that steam saunas were originally made for like, it was like a social thing and also like a cleaning thing. But what people have found, there's a lot of health benefits associated with hyperthermia, warming your body up. And so uh, infrared saunas are basically a more efficient way to do that. Um, so people with fibromyalgia, uh, Lyme disease, um, 
they get a lot of pain relief from stuff like this. Also, detoxification is the number one reason people get infrared saunas. Okay, cool. So maybe that's how it came up in a bar. Um, so, so sorry to interrupt, but yeah, so, um, so he's drop shipping these infrared saunas. Yes. And so I asked him, you know, cause he's, I, I also, I've done copywriting in the past. And so I helped him with his website, you know, a little bit of development, things like that. And so I asked him like, how are you getting leads? Like, how does this work? You know, I'm just curious. And so he was telling me about all the money he was spending on Google AdWords. And it was, you know, for a small business owner, single man operation, it was significant, you know, um, in between like five and 10 grand a month. And he had his tracking in place. And, but he was telling me he had a lot of experience in infrared sauna industry. And I mean, the keywords were really expensive, you know, uh, upwards of $25 for sort of the long tail ones and, you know, 40 to 50 for sort of the, the head keywords. And we would talk about his conversion rates and he said, yeah, I'm going to try uh, Yahoo and Bing advertising. And I'm just going, why, why are you not doing Facebook ads? And this was, and I should also point out, he spent um, years developing really, really in-depth content about um, infrared saunas and the health benefits therein. He was really passionate about, or he is really passionate about infrared saunas in general. So he's written an ebook, which is really high quality. Um, he's written dozens of blog posts on his website. And he kind of just lets them get some organic traffic. And um, I just saw a huge opportunity to sort of boost some of those numbers. It was when you think about it, when you think about what AdWords is doing, it doesn't really make sense to spend $35 on a click for someone who's doing research. Does that make sense? Right. Definitely. Um, you know, I, my, in my experience, it really seems like when you're, when you're working on, uh, if you're going to be using AdWords, you need to be really bottom of the funnel. Um, so yeah, it, that seems like the perfect opportunity for Facebook. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not a Google AdWords, um, expert by any means. I know a little bit of how it works, but like people are going to blow me out of the water with, you know, negative keywords and, uh, exact matches and like the, the targeting, the buying intent targeting, like you said, I don't really know much about that. My, my background is a little bit more in social media and content and specifically content marketing. So what I was, I asked him, I said, Hey man, I think that you have a real huge opportunity here to kind of change your business around in terms of your acquisition costs. Cause you know, he was paying, uh, you know, 50 to hundred dollars uh, per lead and closing about 15 of them. Um, excuse me, closing one sale per every 15 lead ish, you know? Um, and I said, would you, would you be willing to give me a shot? You know, I think this is something big. And he goes, yeah, sure. Um, so that's, that all happened one night, uh, at the bar that we decided we were going to try this. Um, I was wondering, should I talk a little bit about the setup? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So as I mentioned, he already had great content. He already had some opportunities for conversion on his website. He had an ebook and he had one or two other, um, things that could generate a, um, an email address capture. He had, uh, email overlays, which they used to be called email pop-ups. We don't call them pop-ups anymore. We call them overlays now. Um, he had lead pages set up. Um, so he was in the way that infrared sauna industry goes, you don't really post your pricing online. You make people sort of call for a catalog. It's, it's kind of just, I think it's kind of an old way of doing things, but it's, it's pretty universal. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my point was he had everything set up um, and his, his site was converting at, you know, I don't know, somewhere between two and 4%, maybe less kind of, you know, just in site industry standard stuff like that. And so, he had, he did not have the Facebook pixel installed. So the very first thing we had to do was we had to install the Facebook pixel on his site. Now 
um, just really quickly what the Facebook pixel is, it's a little bit of tracking code that you put on your website. It's like 14 lines of JavaScript. Um, and what it does is it allows you to cookie the browser of your website visitors, uh, which you can use to retarget them later. And the other thing it allows you to do is to um, track conversions on your website if you configure it properly. So basically what it's doing is it's allowing Facebook or specifically the ads platform to like speak with your website and kind of let each other know what's going on. Does that make sense? Definitely. And how much, how much traffic was he getting each month? Oh, he was, I mean, it, it kind of swings because no one's less people are, fewer people are searching for inputs in the summer, but I think peak, he's probably somewhere around 5,000 visits a month. Oh, wow. so he not, definitely, yeah. he had a good, uh, really good, uh, foundation of traffic to, to remarket to. Yes. He'd been at it for a while on the same domain for maybe two or three years. I, you know, don't quote me on the 5,000, but it was somewhere in the thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So now we are, have the Facebook pixel installed. It takes minutes to install and I'm not a developer and I was able to do it. So at this point we're recording traffic that's coming to the site. And it's worth noting that the Facebook pixel records traffic, all traffic, not just traffic from ads. Um, so like you said, with, with a good base of traffic, you can kind of use that. Now, the, the very first thing I want to say before I get into the method is that for, for internet marketers out there, retargeting is a, is a very powerful tool that's underutilized and also uh, misused. Um, in, in, in more ways than one. And so uh, to give you an example of, of retargeting, um, AdRoll is a, is a company that kind of was at the forefront of retargeting technology, you know, five or six years ago. And what they do is they send you like um, display ads that show the product that you were just looking at as, you, as it kind of follows you around to different sites or until you clear your cache in your browser. Um, so... Great. I think that's a great step one is to, you know, just to follow people with retargeting ads. But when you take a step back in your overall marketing strategy and you think kind of where is this person at in their sort of buying journey, that's where the real power of retargeting um, comes in. And I have an example if I can share that. Yeah, definitely. And I'll just say I am really excited about um about what you're about to tell us just I was just working on sort of drawing out a little funnel for a course I'm working on and um you know I had remarketing right there in the consideration phase which um from what you've told me so far um off air is is kind of what it sounds like you're doing and I just I think it's a really great strategy so I'm looking forward to to hearing how you implemented it Yeah exactly so basically um he, he handles all the sales for his uh, company, which all occur over the phone. There's no, there's no payment online. So it's just kind of the way it works. Um, so the first thing I did, I said, like, well, what do, what do people ask you about? Because he spends a lot of time on the phone. And he especially spends a lot of time on the phone with people who don't buy, you know, who just want expertise. And I think that he even based some of his blog posts off of that. But I said, give me like the top thing people ask you about on the phone. And he says, well, the top thing, bar none, over half of people ask about is detoxification. That's primarily what people are looking into. Um, I said, fantastic. Let's look at uh, the blog. And sure enough, he's got two or three different blog posts on detoxification. Um, so I go, that, that is the, that's where we need to send people right away because that's their research topic. So 
what we did is we used um, a Facebook ad campaign that was uh, optimized for traffic. That means that Facebook has a lot of different, has like 10 different ad units that are optimized for different things. Um, like for instance, engagement is the optimization for the boost post button. So when you, when you uh, click the boost post button on one of your existing pieces of content, what Facebook's trying to do is get the most comments, likes, and shares on that piece of content. It's not necessarily trying to drive the most web traffic. And this is not really written down anywhere, but I've spoken with, you know, more than five Facebook reps over my career. And they will tell you is that Facebook knows who clicks, who buys, and who engages. And they bucket people internally like that. And when you choose the correct optimization, it's going to you're going to get cheaper um, results that way. Does that make sense? Yes. So what I did was we wrote this kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not a clickbait article. It was a really good article, but, uh, you know, we, the, the copy was fairly, you know, it wasn't revolutionary. We said something like the world is full of toxins and we, you know, have a, a good eye-catching graphic and we send them to uh, a really thorough um, guide on detoxification for infrared saunas. Um, you know, it's a 12, 1,500-word blog post, uh, images. There's some science in it. It was, it was well done. Um, and so we sent it to that blog post because we know that people want generally want to learn about detoxification. Um, and we just let them go. We, we sent it to that blog post, and we just let them go. We let them read it for free. And because of kind of the targeting that I – the cold targeting that I would had, you know uh, – told Facebook to send people to who are interested in saunas, et cetera, and health benefits. Um, our cost per click was, was like, it was like down to like 10, 10 cents. Right. So for every dollar, we're getting 10 visits, um, which is pretty cheap when you think about it. Um, now, again, these are research visits. So it's, it's kind of a misnomer, right? I, I spent all this time and effort, you know, writing this blog post, getting professional graphics made for it, paying for those. And now I'm paying people to read it. It sounds kind of, Odd. But this is where the power of retargeting comes in, because then the way that we would follow up that campaign is by creating a custom audience uh, based on website traffic with the Facebook pixel. Um, I can retarget not everyone who went, went to the website, but people who had actually read that post. Right. So what we would do is I would take people who'd read that post by using the URL. Um, I would just tell Facebook to retarget people who had visited this URL. And there's lots of really cool exclusions um, and things you could do with um, custom audiences, which is going to be hard to kind of hard to talk about. But for this example, basically, we retarget people who'd been to that blog post with the ebook offer, which was a gated uh, content offer. So this ebook was, you know, uh, 60, 70 pages long, um, professionally designed. Uh, and also it was on Amazon for $10 and it does get some sales. So what we would do is we know that people had read our detoxification blog post. So we would use some sort of keyword of detoxification in the ad copy. And we would say something like this, um, you know, learn about uh, detoxification and a lot more in the most thorough resource on infrared saunas ever written. And we would give them the blog post for free, which is a $10 value on Amazon. And during the high season, those were converting at around four dollars per ebook, and I think it actually got down to like three dollars, two and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's basically call it, you know, let's just call it five bucks um, per lead, right? And so at, if going by our numbers earlier, and again, this is all trackable because we have the Facebook pixel installed, so I can see like in dollars and cents exactly how much I spent and how many leads I got. 
Um, which I think a lot of people don't realize Facebook is capable of doing. They think we're still buying likes and stuff, but we're not. Right. Um, so now I've, and remember I told you about it, I think about every 10 or 15 leads, we get one sale. And so, you know, I'm not going to get into his business too much, but the, the profit margin on an inference sauna is pretty good. So if it's costing $50 to create a sale, it's something that you would do all day, every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty much the, the law and short of it. And then we did, we would just tweak that with with different um, pieces of content. Um, the more he started a Facebook group that actually is a pretty engaging um, audience. People ask about Lyme disease is a really popular topic. Um, there's something about uh, joint pain that infrared saunas seem to help. And it's not, you know, it's not um, what do you call it? Like, uh, FDA approved or anything like that, right. but uh, you, you can't really argue with people who are living happier, healthier lives. Um, so yeah, we, we basically just tweak different topics, and I'm I'm kind of the numbers guy, so I'm trying to get the CPC as low as possible. I'm looking at which are the highest quality leads, um, and I guess lastly, I should mention all of these leads went into a email funnel run on Infusionsoft. Um, so they did receive a lot more content after the ebook download. Um, stuff that wasn't in there, uh, that type of stuff. So that was pretty much the, the Facebook ad strategy. Yeah, that's really, that's awesome. So tell me then, um, so one thing I, I'm curious about is how did you determine, I know that it was, uh, you know, you looked at what are people really searching for? Um, what else went into that determination as far as like deciding what the first piece of content was going to be? Um, that you were going to drive traffic towards? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So again, he had a lot of content already made. Um, so I, I would kind of, I just kind of looked for the most popular um, blog posts that he already had and was just using those because I, I guess I'm kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Having, having some, uh, some history yeah. there really helps a lot. Um, and so then what did you do? as far as targeting for that first ad where you weren't remarketing, um, you were just sending that out. Uh, was it just going far and wide or did you have some sort of a, an idea of a persona that you were trying to target or. Uh, yes. Um, okay. So this is a good question and it actually leads into something that is actually super juicy. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll address that. I'll address both of those. Please do. Okay. So two types of audiences on Facebook, and this is kind of my parlance. It's not like an official thing. Cold traffic, which is based off of demographics, interests, behaviors, our best guess about what we think our customers are. And then warm traffic, who's been to the site, they've downloaded something, they've interacted with our brand in some way. So let's talk about cold traffic. It started broad. And basically what I did was, because he does sell in the United States and Canada. And so it started really broad. And basically the first thing we did was we excluded states with um, high tax where he makes less money. Um, so my own state, you know, Alaska costs a lot more in shipping, Hawaii, et cetera. Um, then from there, if you have like a national focus like that, when you get down to someone target someone who's interested in infrared saunas, it actually does get to a pretty narrow audience. And since these are, we're paying for traffic, not conversions, Broad is actually good. So what we're looking for in terms of audience size is somewhere between 500,000 and a million people or more. 
because at that size, you can scale your campaign and the power of Facebook's fancy computers can really work for you in terms of lowering that CPC. So starting broad in that way is pretty good. And again, since we're selling research, we're not selling conversions, it's okay. It's the exact opposite of what you do with AdWords, I think at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people on the site as cheaply as possible. And then I'm gonna deal with them then because now they're warm traffic and I can approach them in an entirely different way. They, and here's the thing about warm traffic is not only have I advanced their knowledge and therefore their um, buying cycle to the, maybe the consideration stage, um, what I've also done is I've built a little bit of trust with them because now they know who I am. They know my brand a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done them a pretty good turn in, in offering this content for free that they wanted. Um, and so next time they see me, maybe they're thinking, hey, he's, he's going to help me out again. Um, and I should mention just while you're on Facebook, it, it's kind of it's hard to be sold to, you know, because like you're looking at pictures of your niece or other people's kids and, and liking things and making comments. You're not really there to buy. So if something comes up in my feed that's a topic I'm interested in and there's not a sales message associated with it, it, it feels good to click on. Um, okay, I kind of I kind of got off what I was talking about, but <laughs> I think it's important. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. No, that's good info. So um, now, warm traffic, right? So we can we can retarget in the way that I described earlier by just using the URL um, of the page, and that way I'm not sending people who because like. Let's say we have a blog post on Lyme disease. That way, when I try to when I try to sell them the ebook or sell to them for free, I remember I can mention Lyme disease in my ad copy. I don't mention detoxification in someone who read the Lyme disease blog post. So I can be a little bit more. That's going to help your conversion or your click through rates. Um, but so I've got this warm traffic that's based on page visits. But what happens when I have the Facebook pixel installed and people are downloading that ebook through Conversion tracking, which can be configured either through the lead standard event or through a custom conversion. These are both uh, Facebook specific terms you might want to notate. Um, Basically, again, that's that's your website feeding Facebook information says this was a good person on the Internet. They did the thing that I wanted them to do with my ad, which was download the ebook. So as these um, leads pile up in Facebook's um, like. Uh, database, I guess, it's collecting all sorts of information about this person that we could have never guessed. You know, yes, it's pretty easy to talk about, to guess that people are interested in detoxification or fibromyalgia or things like that, but it would be impossible to guess that all three of these people went to the Little League World Series. You see what I'm saying? But Facebook does know that, and it doesn't tell us, but it does know that about people. It knows an insane amount of things about people through the open graph. It's very, very creepy. But <laughs> as an advertiser, we get to benefit because basically they sell it to us. So as these leads pile up and you get a sizable amount of uh, good leads in your lead pool in Facebook, you can do a couple things with Facebook ads. You can grab that audience. Let's say that it's in our case, it was just people who had downloaded the ebook. Um, and I can make an audience and I can sell them something else, you know. Uh, here's a paperback book on a different subject, and I can just target people who I know um, download the book. Or this, and this is the sneaky part that is really, really fun, is you can create what's called a lookalike audience um, based on the action that you desire, right? So in our case, downloading the ebook was the action we desired. We record that, 
as the pool of people who download build up, and once it reaches a certain threshold, because you don't want to base it off too small because the data integrity is a little bit unstable. But once you get, you know, I'd say hundreds or even maybe a thousand leads, when you build a lookalike audience off that, what you're telling Facebook to do is go find people who are just like these people who downloaded my book. And it is frightening how accurate um, uh, Facebook can be with that. And basically, because, you know, we spend all this time doing research, cold audiences, trying to find out what people want to read. And we make our best guess. But when you have the lookalike audience set up on the proper source, again, the leads that we created, now you know it's not a guess anymore. So lookalike audience, extremely powerful. Again, likely often misused, though. In e-commerce, it becomes extremely important. Cool. Okay, so then, so you start out with a piece or maybe multiple pieces of good awareness-level content. And that's pretty broad. That's, it sounds like in general, that's just can go to any country where you're interested in selling. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you then remarket to the people within that. And that's actually a, you remarket with a, a lead magnet. And mm-hmm. then from there, you work them into your lead nurturing. Um, and then you're, Sounds like you're you start counting the money, right? Yeah, from there you're, you're pretty much off Facebook, and you're now into your email or you know phone call follow up, depending on what sort of uh, form fields that you require for, for that lead magnet. Um, well, actually, one thing I should mention uh, in that sort of retargeting phase is that yes, you can retarget based on traffic, but you can also layer on um, that same demographic and interest behavior from earlier. So, for instance, let's say you're generating a lot of leads, but you're finding that a lot of them are low quality because based on income or something like that. Mm-hmm. What you could do is you can take that that same um, that same pool of uh, people who read the blog post, and you can layer on higher than average credit card spender or a net worth of uh, 250k or more stuff like that. Right. So it's like again, it's a process and it's iterative, and you spend I would spend hours per week sort of tweaking that. Um, cause it, it's not really a set it and forget it type thing. The, the, the intro traffic is a little bit that way, but it's definitely something you want to be iterating on frequently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, um, yeah, income level net worth, um, house, uh, like the value of your home, things like that are some of the really cool targeting options that are left now that, um, Facebook is done away job title and um mm-hmm. employer were huge uh for me and uh, i was me too. disappointed to see that they've at least temporarily gotten rid of those but i haven't heard anything about when they're coming back so we'll see yeah that's a kind of a, almost a different i mean i use that job i run that one out that job title um, yeah. i really use that a lot but um I think that what that signals is that like, you're going to see more regulation, like this whole election thing really put people on edge and like noticing how much power Facebook has in that sense. Um, anyway, yeah, not to, uh, no, I, th- I think you're right. Topic. And I think that the thing for us to remember as marketers is if there's a way that a, an anti-Semite can use a feature just know that it will probably be gone because they're going to ruin it for the rest of us. I I can't, some of the things that uh, I, and I know we're getting way off topic here, but the, the ways that people find to misuse 
these tools out there are just awful. But um, there's so, there's some things left, and I think Facebook is still really really powerful. And um, I think that what you've told us today is a really great way to go about it, and it just breaks it down in a really easy to understand um, sort of step by step process. So I really I thank you for being on the show and. LoganMayville.com is your website, right? Correct. And then for anybody with, um, for anybody who's just getting started out with, with, uh, Facebook, I know you have a, um, a free ebook there with some common mistakes that people make with Facebook advertising. So I think that that could be really beneficial to people who are looking to get in and not make those common mistakes. Um, and, is there any other way that that uh, you'd like people to connect with you, or is that uh, is Logan Mayville the the spot? Yeah, no, that's the spot. Um, I mean, basically, what I do is uh, fully manage Facebook ad services, and then primarily I do Facebook ads consulting, which is a little bit more. Um, it's it's pretty hands on, but at the same time, it's um, I'm, I'm more guiding you to do your own work because I think it is possible. I think everyone can figure this stuff out. It's just people forget about I think the content portion of it. And they, and they don't realize the direct response capabilities is two things I think people need to, to really consider. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think that's great. I think this is really going to open a lot of people's eyes, even people who knew about Facebook advertising, but maybe hadn't thought about how you could use it for more than just uh, top of the funnel um, branding type campaigns. So thanks again. And, um, I'm going to have your website and, uh, the link to that ebook on the show notes and, um, hope to talk to you again sometime in the future. Yeah. Likewise, Roy. Thanks again. All right. Thanks Logan. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, everybody check out the show notes at markgrowth.com and you can find out more about Logan and the check out kind of, you know, all kinds of stuff, learn about marketing, growth hacking, lead generation, lead nurturing, it's pretty sweet, that's markgrowth.com and, you know, loganmabel.com too, that's a good one.